1: Hello fellow humans, I am delighted to be welcoming you to the Hot Mess Clubhouse, a new weekly podcast celebrating funny women. My name is Lucy Vine, I'm a writer, journalist, author or if you're paying whatever you need me to be. Every week I will be here speaking to a different comedian, author, actor, screenwriter or anyone who makes me laugh. Which brings me to my very first guest, the incredible comedian Desiree Birch. She's the host of new Netflix game show, Flinch, which started last week and is something like I'm a Celebrity, but actually even more horrifying. Uh, We talk about filming that alongside co-hosts Sean Walsh and Lloyd Griffith. We also talk lowly lists, dating apps, and filming yourself having sex. Hope you enjoy this chat, and if you do, a review would be really so lovely. Hello, Desiree Burch. Hi. I'm, I'm so excited you're here today. Thank, oh, thank you so you much so for much. joining me. What have you been up to today? You said you were tired. Oh my God. Is uh, that not a- I don't
0: know. Can I say fuck all? Yeah. Uh, I've, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have that. Um, comedian performer schedule so I mean this is, uh, it is only oh, half noon and it is early for some of us yes. Sorry to I don't know, you it's out. fine I just don't have a personality until nightfall <laughs> usually so um, this should be interesting But, but you're you living good. in
1: London, Are you, did you get oh, yeah. here by the tube?
0: I did, well you know tube and national rail because you know I'm living in London which means greater London. Um, Isn't it great?
1: Yeah <laughs> and we as British people love talking about how we got to places. Yeah have you well yeah because that? I think
0: everyone loves sort of um bragging about how terrible their commute is. Do
1: you find that that is a genuinely a British thing have you noticed how different uh, obviously you're American
0: yes I am
1: <laughs> oh that's kind of
0: you to question you thought I could have been Canadian there for a second well I, mean, I didn't so want nice. to be offensive right yeah well yeah exactly you never offend an American <laughs> but you will offend a Canadian so yeah. it's always good to
1: right you are a very funny woman that is why you're here cheers the thank hot mess mess clubhouse is thank for you. funny women yeah this Welcome is a very neat
0: hot mess clubhouse thank you thank you very orderly
1: where do you think your sense of humor comes from
0: uh, survival instincts? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, <laughs> I just realized early off that, uh, humor was the sort of grease in the wheels of society because I was definitely not as, um, you know, a fat kid, black kid, and very sort of white suburbia going to just naturally fit in. Everyone's like, hey, you're you're here. What the hell are you doing here? Were and, you, you know, funny
1: back then? Yeah. Like, is it something yeah.
0: you were just sort of
1: always funny? or has it, did Yeah, you I
0: remember it? figuring out that I was funny at like five oh, because right. I could entertain uh, the sort of, you know, six, seven, and eight-year-olds on the other side of the did fence. Did you put on shows? I mean, it wasn't that like, I, my parents would never have cared enough for me to stop what they were doing and to like put on a show for them, but I think that I just sort of held that in terms Internally, and also, I just made sure to be a little bit clever so that people thought of me differently than I could tell they were thinking of me before I opened my mouth, you know? So it is just a way of being controlling. And I think everybody to a certain extent has certain narratives that are projected on them that they then have to uh, work within or fight against and if the narrative projected on you is very broad vague and not very sort of uh, inclusive or flattering you really do have to be very strategic about being like this is who I am and I really love for you to see who I am so I'm going to try to find ways to express that that still make you like me because I'm like only a kid so I don't want to piss anyone off just yet. Do
1: you have brothers and sisters?
0: I do. I'm uh, a middle kids, so that oh. also feeds a lot into Give this narrative. attention. Yeah, or like, no, I'm alive. Yeah. Is anyone, anyone, you know? But oh, they man. say,
1: um, I mean, obviously it's a bit of a pseudoscience, but middle children are supposed to be the best.
0: I They think turn out the so. best
1: because benign neglect is actually really good for you. Yeah, well, it
0: does make you uh, strive a yeah. lot more, you yes. know, I think so.
1: So how would you describe your sense of humor? Like, do you think it's funny when a stranger trips over what kind of humor? I mean, uh. <laughs> what makes you laugh?
0: I think it's a combination of sort of filth, the absurd, <laughs> and then the childish, too. I think that, um. I think that in part it's sometimes the things that you shouldn't say or shouldn't think about or whatever, or the, um. Insights that somebody makes by connecting two divergent things or um, just clowns, you know, like not literal, like, you know, party clowns, but there are lots of performers who are essentially just clowns who um, are clearly very intellectual people, but don't feel the need to show that off because that's very serious. And instead it hides in... You know, uh, one of the people that I watched growing up uh, that I'm nothing like, per se, but always admired is somebody like Carol Burnett. Wow, right. And yeah, and I mean, she's clearly brilliant, but like had no problem like getting, contorting her body into like weird positions and just sort of being like, huh, like, why is my head between my legs right now? And then like having that knowing look sort of to camera or knowing look to like, is anybody realizing how crazy this is? I think she's so uh, brilliant. And uh, but then at the same time, I obviously grew up liking uh, stand-ups like someone like Richard Pryor or somebody like Bill Hicks. You know, people who are very socially and psychologically progressive and very uh, honest and bare. And I think that those things are funny because they are what we're we're all looking for—that kind of intimacy and that kind of vulnerability. And it takes a lot to be able to to bear that to people and to stand with that.
1: Yeah, I only discovered people like that when I was growing up. But I remember watching a lot. of American telly and mm. the, they would make references to people like Carol Burnett and stuff like that and it was always, um, I, I quite often felt like I wasn't part of a club. <laughs> hmm. do you, how do you feel about well, references like that? Like I rem- it's, I'm thinking Will and Grace, like they yeah. had just just constant references, cultural references that yeah, I did
0: not understand. I understand that very <laughs> yeah. much now that I live here in this context sure. because there are plenty of, of yeah, references. Yeah, do you watch British
1: telly that you're like, what the fuck yeah, you Yeah, or just again? even Who's in Jimmy comedy Saville? clubs
0: or whatever. Well, yeah, we know who James <laughs> Savile is. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I was you might like, not have never. done 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I would not have done, but you get here and very quickly you suddenly learn that everyone's accepts, a, yeah. obsessed with pedos because oh, we love of, a pedo. you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Wow, they are really everywhere. Everyone's touching him up on these kids. Um, yeah, I, I, I sometimes feel similarly in, you know, there are plenty of shows that everybody saw growing up. You know, shops people go to. Um,
1: you know what Woolworths is?
0: Uh, I assume that it's like a fancy or non-fancy shop. I Super no
1: non-fancy, yeah. But every town had a Woolworths. Okay. And everybody was obsessed with the pick and mix. And they shut them all down.
0: I feel like... I am I making up that uh, we had Woolworths in the states too. It was like a sort of you know drugstore, like a a Walgreens or whatever. But it was like sort of a department. It was like part Debenhams and part you know whatever. Just like your boots or whatever.
1: Everything and yeah, you get
0: you go there to do the Christmas shopping and buy a perfume or a lovely scarf. But also there's candies and also it's like the family store that uh, capitalism killed. Right. I assume yeah. something like that. That sounds yeah. right.
1: Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Are you uh, going to Edinburgh Fringe this I year? I am, yeah. Are you excited?
0: Uh, mostly filled with dread at this sure, point, sure. as most comedians are at this stage. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm I, excited for what I hope and dream the show might be, but full of dread because I know it is not yet I, Are you not thing. ready for it? I mean, no, but it is April. Okay. How much do you rehearse? At what Um, point do you start? Quite a bit. I mean, at which point I start, the point at which I start is like, deep and utter panic and being able to meet up with my director and start doing things. I mean, I've started doing works in progress and things like that. But, um, you know, sometimes you think of of jokes just out of the sky or things that you want to talk about that are funny that you might do in a club, but that maybe don't necessarily fit into a theme that you'd like to talk about in a show. And that's sort of the way that I create my stand-up shows because I come from a theater background and a solo performance background that I like to be able to thematically connect things. And I think I'm working toward being able to do that more in my stand-up world. I think my first stand-up hour was... Was sort of a collection of jokes that I had, but that I found sort of a thread to tie through them. And the last one, Unfuckable, was a lot more like, this has got a thesis statement to it. Amazing. And I, I prefer making work like that. Um, you then have to find this middle ground of making something that it works as an hour of here's what I want to say, and also as several 10 minute bits that you can then use for another year while you go do stand up. Yeah, so. Somewhere
1: between a TED talk and a stand up. Yeah, show. and yeah, and just like a variety.
0: <laughs> variety hour right (laughs) yeah so it's um that
1: sounds like the dream
0: yeah yeah it's what you dream about and then the closer you get to the deadline the more you just go this is what it is but nobody wants to be in that dreadful position that you can wind up in where you are doing a show for 24 days in a row that you just don't believe in or that you cease to be interested in or that
1: has that ever have you ended up doing that at all
0: uh no not yet um but like I think that it's quite possible to be like, oh, this worked at the time, but actually like, I don't even feel like telling these jokes. I mean, there are definitely days you wake up at that festival and you're like, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like being alive. I certainly don't feel like talking to people. I definitely don't want to talk to a group of people for an hour about things that I'm claiming are important when, you know, really nothing is more important than sleep. But. <laughs> Yeah, so far so good, and that I haven't been in the position of being like, oh, I just don't really believe in what I'm saying, or like believe these jokes are funny, or that it's important at all.
1: Because it's fucking intensive, at Edinburgh Fringe, right? Mm-hmm. I've I've actually never been every single year. Oh, count yourself I go, lucky. No, come on, it I, sounds amazing. But
0: it, it only sounds amazing to punters. Okay. Everyone who works it is kind of is like, awful? yeah, I mean, it's it's. There is that sort of arts camp feel to it that can yeah. happen where you're that's seeing. What I imagine mates and that it whatnot. is just
1: a massive fuck fest that everybody's just. It used to be much more other. of a fuck fest. Nothing, I think it's yeah.
0: becoming so much more. <sighs> Uh, pressurized mm, and work orientated. That yeah, it's just I've uh, the first one I ever did was before I lived here in 2009, and I distinctly remember it being a lot more fun. And obviously, the last couple of years that I've gone, I've been working my little tushy off. So it's really just like all your fun is getting in my way. I've got to get down to the Cowgate for another gig or whatever. And so like, please just get out of the way. Stop drinking all day long. Please Stop don't trying to
1: put your machines. penis on me. I need yeah, to get to right. Work. You
0: know that's what the poster yeah. is for. I mean, Oh, no more luckiness yeah. is on me, but yeah, I I, I don't want to be a downer about it. I can imagine that it can be quite fun for people who are engaged in seeing lots of different kinds of work and have this sort of buzz of, and also you know if you feel like drinking all day. I'm just in uh, you know a time in my life where that just doesn't feel good or interest sure. me as much, and mostly I'm just trying to get out the street without someone I don't really know very well shouting my name out and having to have a conversation and then being like, oh yeah, what time's your show on? Like we're gonna pretend that. We're seeing each other's shows when that's never going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting so real about it, but I get that people who go are like, this is so much fun, but I stare at them and I'm like, you could be in Bermuda, like why would you spend your holiday here? I don't understand. How much do you like comedy?
1: So this is the part um, of the chat Okay, where I... Um Ask you, uh, where I put you through the clubhouse initiation. Oh, wow. Is there a blood sacrifice? Yes. Cool. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Uh, How ordered is your life?
0: Not. uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, 3.5 to a maybe solid 5.
1: Bit of a hot mess.
0: Yeah, yeah. What does a hot
1: mess mean to you?
0: I don't know. It's something that got hurled at me before I knew what it was. And I was like, I remember coming off stage once and my friend was like, oh, girl, you are a hot mess. And I'm like, look, I'm sweating and I just did an hour, so suck it up. Um, but I think it's been embraced a lot more. But I, I think it's a, hot, it's a hot mess in comparison to this ideal that very few people achieve and the ones who do are boring as hell. Like it's easy to achieve order and the sort of appearance of saintliness when you have one thing going on in your life and you're boring as sh-
1: Definitely agreed Uh, Do you hate stuff more than you love stuff?
0: Oh, that's a tough question because you know what I want to say and what I'm going to say, right? You know, I know. I mean, I. So funny because I've been told uh, by someone who's like, you're a bit of a hater, aren't you? <laughs> but it was only because I wasn't elic- into like dancing to the black eyed peas at her party. And I was like, this sucks. Sorry. No, I've got um, so, like, for i So, like, I do get a little, I'm like, I do, I can be a little bit judgy about some things. Uh, I think I definitely get that from my mom. It took me most of my life to realize where it came from. Um, and, Judging is fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it is identifying. At least you know what you're not or what you're not into. But the more you judge things, the more you're setting yourself up for living another decade and finding that you are those things or, you know, actually <laughs> like those things. So I think that hate and love are much closer together than love sure. and a lot of other things or hate and a lot of other things. So I don't know. I... The things that I, I I would love to be more grateful for the things that I love, but it's easier to pick out the things that I don't. Although when I'm around people who are distinctly like hate things, I'm just like, oh, you're so negative. Like, I think I'm much more of an optimistic person that's just like, that's dumb.
1: (laughs) I think as long as you're passionate about your opinions yeah, yeah it's just the middle yeah. ground thing that's lame
0: yeah yeah no I mean yeah I both love and hate things I just um I wish that I could do more loving than hating but it depends on the time of day And month. depends on the mood yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm quite a moody girl Me too. yeah
1: are you a naked person yeah
0: you're yes. naked right now. Yep, exactly. So, so. I can't deny that um, <laughs> it's something that's very important to me. I do feel the most comfortable that way, but um, it depends on the context, sure. right? You but know? Do you
1: wander around your house naked?
0: Yeah, uh, and I live on the ground floor, so that's not Great. wise. You I, got a dozen flatmates. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I finally lived on my own, which Maybe. is why I can do that. Um, yeah. But then it's just like it's a there's like a whole like. I will definitely forget and leave the windows like un you know, sort of little treat shutter. Yeah, and I usually don't mind a bit of exhibitionism, but now that I'm getting a little bit more recognized, I definitely don't need secret like snaps taken of me. That is a weird thing that happens when you're like, is this person randomly taking a picture of me on the street? Like that's creepy. Why would do they you do fancy that? do see me. No, I think they just want to go on their Instagram like saw this person that you might know from TV outside in the real world but like definitely took an ugly side picture of them just to prove that I was there. I'm like I have photos.
1: Yeah, what I mean do you, do you object to people taking selfies if they ask? If
0: they if they ask, I'm usually not that bothered by it. I'm like that's fine as long as it's not in, like
1: but it's weird I mean, sometimes it's a like I'm trying
0: to go into the toilets right now. I have to pee. So I really don't have time for the selfie. I appreciate that you're excited about the fact that I also pee in the ladies. <laughs> but um, but be yeah. be out
1: in between one minute and 12 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: think. But it's just that, um, you know, because everybody has their insecurities and their vanity and whatnot. And it's just kind of like, also, I'm just in the middle of something. Like, why would you? I don't want to always be looked at. I guess, you know, that's the thing about um, being a performer is that you get to be a control freak about how you are looked at and when and why. And Mm. then suddenly you are in a place where you have no control and everyone's just like, oh, look. And, you know, you asked for it.
1: This is a weird um, level to fame then, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Um, because I don't necessarily feel... That, but other people presume that and then act accordingly. So then they're acting weird around you because they're like, you're you. And you're like, yeah. But literally months ago, you would have just been like, who's this random bitch taking up a place in the queue in front of me, you know?
1: Is that a weird thing when you're? Da- I don't know. Are you dating at the moment?
0: No, because it is a weird thing. You know, you try to go on any mm. of these apps. It's nice oh, well, if it's somebody. Awful well, even yeah, as a norm it's a, it's like a, like me. a hot <laughs> sassy peach nightmare on those things. Oh, yeah. And uh, but it is difficult when someone knows uh, who you are because they already have an idea and a narrative about who you are that you cannot, no matter how much you try to be vulnerable and direct, disabuse them of. You know, they 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 have a story of you and you've spent so much time in your life trying to be like, I'm trying to change the story of me or uh, inform you of what I think that story should be. And they're like, yeah, but no, you're like this. And well, I know you
1: better than you know.
0: Yeah. and Because and <laughs> I saw you on
1: YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and nobody
0: wants to date the person who's like, I know you better than you. You know, yeah. you're like, no, you don't. We haven't met. And also it's an unequal footing because I don't know anything about you and things are always going to circle back around to me in a way that, it seems unequally weighted but
1: i guess it is a way to filter out the assholes i a mean but bit. isn't
0: isn't all of the online dating yeah. it's like well everyone on here's an asshole Some including a river of shit <laughs> it really is i got
1: a bit distracted from the uh, quick fire <laughs>
0: oh sorry about that yep do
1: you worry that siri and or alexa are listening to you
0: i don't worry i know so yeah but yeah. does it bother you Yeah, but at this point, you kind of have to be beyond bother. Like, the only hope is that they are gathering so much information, they'll never be able to do anything with it. Like CCTV in the UK, where it's just like, yeah, there are all these cameras here, but, like, you know, probably 20% of them are actually working. Like, they never have the footage they actually need for when a crime is being committed. So, other than, I mean, I also, I have to say it sucks, but I don't have kids. So, you know, I'm probably going to be dead before they actually start, like, controlling everything that we do, and I'm... Pretty psyched about that. It's going to be lovely (laughs) to be dead. Dead is going to be
1: lovely.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com/records
1: What food or drink do you judge people for ordering?
0: Um, yeah, there isn't a food that I mean, they're just foods that I don't like., uh, but I'm trying to think of, um Things where I'm just like, oh, you're one of those douchebags? Yeah. Um, What is the most expensive thing on the menu? Yeah. Or just, just, yeah. I mean, even people who are like, I'm going to get this 15 pound avocado toast. I'm like, I'm get it. It's always pretty tasty. And we always pay way too much for those things. But it's usually
1: a sort of three centimeter wide piece of toast.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a place near me that gives you two pieces of ginormous toast and whatever with like eggs and salmon and the, and it's amazing. And I feel like a, a posh cunt for ordering it because it's like <laughs> you could have made this at your home, you know, like is you have posh avocados. It's something Americans say, it just, no, I like just. Have ever heard that in an American accent? I've, well, because I've been living here long enough to that I now no longer know who says what, you know. So, can you say
1: bloody hell for me? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but you, you can only say that and they're like bloody hell. But like, you that's not even like you can't. I, if cockney, I just go, yeah, uh, yeah that's what every bloody American's hell. default uh, <laughs> British accent uh, is, is, is either Cockney or like very, very proper, Yes, you know, the, the plus yeah. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> doesn't sound like anything. So if I just said bloody hell, you know, it, it actually sounds like blood and hell and not like <laughs> yes. a really fun swear. Yes. So um, I, when I think it in my head, it is in a British voice. Amazing. Yeah, there are certain phrases that I am. But like things like uh, posh, I, you know, you just say that because you do comedy and people go like, oh, we understand what posh is and yeah. you do too. Yay. Do you think
1: you've become quite anglicized? when you go home do people go oh your accent's really faded
0: N- uh, no No. I think that uh, because my accent tends to my ex used to say that I do sound more uh, slightly more British in inflection and intonation when I'm just sort of here but when I speak to any of my American friends on the phone or in real life I sound more American I think I'm just sort of adaptive in that middle child right so like <laughs> adapt to the situation a bit I mean that's a thing that I that irritates me to a certain extent like when grown people who have moved to the UK pick up, like, a weird hybrid middle-of-the-road accent. I mean, maybe it's just a thing that happens to some people, but I kind of feel like... part of of me being interesting at all is being American, so I'm just going to (laughs) try to stay that way. Um, But it just sounds so weird when everyone has this, like, bullshit Madonna accent. I was
1: just going to say Madonna, right? Yeah, and other people have it. And it's like you're not –
0: like, you grew up for – your accent tends to be formed from your youth. Maybe if you lived here for, like, 20 years, things are going to get a little bit mixed because at some point you're like, do we say – schedule or schedule like do we say what do we say you know you just forget and so it gets mixed yeah. one thing that's happening to me all the time is just saying mate, <laughs> mate. <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> that, meanwhile like, all
1: the english people are saying dude yeah yeah exactly yeah uh do you ever get lonely
0: um pretty much a default state yeah 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 Yeah, I don't know. That sounds sad, but I'm just going to be honest and own up to it. I feel mostly lonely. (laughs) And then especially the more work that I'm doing, you know, because, yeah, the busier you are and the more successful you are and the more people are like, oh, wow, you're doing so much. And you're like, yeah, I don't really have very much time to be a person. I'm trying to work to rectify that. Um, It got really difficult last year, but it was definitely probably one of the busiest years on record for me. And I am. Yeah, I, I think I've been quite lonely for a majority of my life. I think that's part of the function that comedy serves Mm -hmm. is to feel any kind of sense of connection and belonging. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to be better about being less of a workaholic to mask that Mm -hmm. uh, loneliness and just to actually reach out to people that I care about because life is short and we'll all be gone soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think, though, that um, your job must sort of feed the loneliness thing because... I found this a tiny bit like as when my books have come out and you get loads of attention and there's this, all this like sort of people are talking to you and, and giving you compliments all the time and it must be like when you're on stage and everybody's clapping and shouting and then you kind of c- go off or go home Yeah, and it's just this sort of weird And love. there's
0: nothing but the yeah. bottle
1: <laughs> the um,
0: waiting for you. But I mean th- I think that does have to do a lot with the, um, the sort of tendency toward addiction and things that you mm. find in people who are creative. I mean I think a lot of what we do is to try to seek acceptance and belonging and then paradoxically when people see that and applaud you it uh, isolates you even further from them when you were kind of like do you love me now and I think that you know unfortunately we seek that outside of ourselves as opposed to knowing that we have value and that we can belong as we are Uh, but that's part of whatever what drives you know uh, the world as we know it Um, and so yeah after after you do these especially because Sometimes you're on the road and you're going back to a hotel room or, you know, a couch that you're crashing on and you have a lot of connections with people that don't ever exist again. Mm-hmm. And so um, it feels like the world is full, but the, the more clips that are in your highlight reel, the more you feel like this sort of isolated eye observing them and not like part of any of those pictures that you have. So um, yeah. Loneliness is real Weird and frequent we live and now, consistent. Yeah, well, I think everybody's feeling that to a certain extent, and some people know how to cope better than Mm -hmm. others, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Yeah, so.
1: Um, Well, on that note, you've survived the initiation that isn't really an initiation. Oh, yeah, right? I'm Um, so sorry because I did not
0: have enough good answers to that. Here is your welcome to the clubhouse. Oh, my gosh, there's a welcome back. Are you kidding me? Is there a pick and mix inside? Almost. It's more chocolate. There are treats, so many treats. This do you, is you actually awesome. like chocolate
1: but Do you you do drink, right? I do. Yes, okay, that's kind of I don't uh, not Americans as much, but I do as drink. As we really like drinking. Yeah, right? I know.
0: We just cannot keep up with the amount of we haven't been doing it since we were kids and so. <laughs> yeah, the, like I had we two glasses really like of it. wine the other night and I was like, "Well, I still feel messed up from Sunday." Oh, right. Like I still feel like, "Man," and everyone's like, "Ah, you don't need water, just have another drink." Suck it up. Yeah, yeah we get
1: really angry when people try and have try sense to tell like, water. Between it or, or even just not drink we get so, so angry. So, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like
0: no one's judging you. I mean, everyone's judging, but no one's judging you for wanting to drink, you know. I know <laughs> we encourage it, yes. yeah,
1: especially when the sun is out. Because, oh, yeah, so do you actually like chocolate? There's chocolate, do, a lot not chocolate like, in there.
0: There's, uh, yeah, there are all kinds of see, I, I don't any, know what a revel is, oh and so I will find out.
1: They're amazing. There are uh,
0: whispers, I know. There's something from. Tinder, which is always a good, good shout. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. So we have to. I've already been talking to you today. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I do. I have to ask you about your new show. On Netflix. Ah, uh, yes, Flinch.
0: Flinch, yeah. Can you
1: tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, I can do. Um, <laughs> looks amazing. Uh, it should be really, really fun. It was, uh, it was insane to do. Um, <laughs> it looks and also it's also
1: insane. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, well, I, they told everybody a very limited amount, like just <laughs> enough to get us involved. And usually, all you have to do is say Netflix, and then people are like, "Yeah, I'm there." I mean. um, and it's, you know, it is essentially. Um, uh, an assortment of challenges that are created that are designed to make you flinch as a human being. So things coming at your face, or loud noises, or um, you know other sensation, just sort of interactions with animals. Uh, because we filmed this in a barn outside of Belfast, right? You yes, do. in a barn, Why like not? you do. <laughs> so they shipped everyone up there and then out to a barn, and you. Uh, it's myself and Lloyd Griffith and Sean Walsh are the presenters. And did you so know
1: them before? Or? I
0: did not. Oh. They knew each other, so sure. they were already mates. I didn't know either of them before having done the show. So that was, you did know. Did you so, watch Strictly? Um, I didn't. It was interesting because we um, were doing the ADR for the show while um, Sean was filming Strictly. So, you know, like you only see this sort of... Um, uh, I didn't watch it. I only like heard about all the all stuff the that drama. went down. Yeah, 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 Which you know, I mean, she like, I it sounds like that show functions on at least oh. one drama per series. I think right? This one,
1: that one, might have been the most insanely like breaking up and yeah, getting off with each other. Yeah, yet. well, yeah. They I are. mean,
0: Sean is a sweetheart, but you can't fuck around a get on your girlfriend on, on, on her birthday, on her birthday, on her birthday.
1: Yeah, that was dark, wasn't it? Don't let him dance with you. Yeah, but also is
0: that not the problem with the show? I mean, it's things like Love Island and things like that where it's like you are literally transmitting oxytocin (laughs) to the other person by holding them and being in their presence so much for so long. It is nearly impossible not to fall partly in love with someone that you're in that much human contact with. Like, that is the way that we are designed. Obviously, we have executive function to try to make some wiser choices about what we do with that information. But it's hard not to feel it. And then as a comedian, we're so uh, thirsty in general for love and acceptance. And just and I know especially a lot of comics who were not accepted as young people find that the acceptance of being uh, well-known is uh, intoxicating. So yeah. I completely get how it could happen. And yeah. I totally have sympathy. But also you kind of have to have sympathy for her more because she got, like, yeah. deeply fucked over. And, and that Indeed. sucks. And And in such a public forum, I mean, that's the hardest part is that these things could happen in private and they'd be painful, but at least they'd be yours. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I couldn't handle being famous at all. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. I mean, I don't know how anyone handles it. Would you do Strictly? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. At least you learn how to dance. Like, that's great. You know,
1: hot sex with your partner. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, who's probably already married to some other, like, Russian dancer or something who's, like, impeccably beautiful. But, like, it's at least you get to, like, I I love that because you're actually learning some kind of a human skill that's really wonderful. And then you're getting all made up and put into, like, fancy outfits. And, yeah, you know, I think no matter how far you get, it's an exhilarating experience to have people watch you dance because it's kind of like having people watch you have sex only much. More attractive. Yeah. You know, because nobody really looks <laughs> as good all. as they imagine they do when they're having sex. Yeah. Like I would never, I yeah. don't get people who video themselves. I'm like, the angles are all wrong. I think
1: I tried it when I was like uh, 19 when I was first the ha- first. That having is the only the time, time that you
0: should try it. It's
1: also when I tried like every single thing.
0: Yeah. I was, I was like, You're ticking boxes <laughs> off. You're like, we're doing all the sex stuff. All yeah. the sex, where's yeah. the list of sex stuff?
1: It was stuff? awful. It was all awful. Just like missionary, that's it. <laughs>
0: Well, it is the place in which I can get the most gratification potentially with the least amount of work. So Perfect. who doesn't love that? That is yeah. the capitalism of I don't want to
1: have to sex. put
0: in any effort, God's sake. Yeah, and Ryan's like, "Oh, get on top," and I'm like, oh, "I will God's wrestle sake. you for it." Fuck that.
1: I've had dinner. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm just like, I'm sorry, my knees are shot. You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to figure out. Yeah. I mean, now I now understand the equipment, like the sex furniture that they sell. I'm like, oh, I need a like sex bench or something. <laughs> You know, cause I just, you know, cause there are positions you want to do, but like, I'm not like as flexible as I'm going to get. I think that at some point everyone gets a sex related injury yeah. of some sort. Like, you know, like you just wake up and you're like, oh, your hips all out of sorts or you've like sprained a wrist or something, you know, like we all get those. Yeah. I'd love to not leave in a bandage.
1: <laughs> but also you're supposed to get fully naked and I've just got bits flapping about. So uncomfortable. It. It's course. like trying to do sport without wearing a sports, sports bra. Sports
0: bra. It that is exactly it, you know. <laughs> um and so yeah, you kinda have to get I think that if you have sex with men, they tend to never really care or pay attention to that. They're so much more visual, and, they're, yeah. and they've got this sort of imagination thing, and they're just excited to be looking at boobs. Yeah. Whereas yours, like, um, that ham slam noise is really getting to me, <laughs> and, like, we're going to have to change it up. Or, like, uh, really it's hilarious that this music came on while yeah. we were doing, you know? Like, yeah. Um, there's yeah. so many funny stories where, like, the, where they don't even pay attention, and they're like, what? And you're like, do you not get that? I guess we just have more time to think. Yeah, Maybe. We're yeah. just more
1: distracted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just going through our to-do list.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Lying there.
1: <laughs> oh, and I was going to ask the Netflix show. Sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, we got
0: completely off. So yeah. um,
1: But um, yeah. did you do any of the challenges yourself?
0: Yes, we all had to do, at the end of every episode... And every recording because we have certain um, participants are ones that we've randomly chosen to represent us and our point scale and so ultimately the forfeit that we have to do at the end is the one of us that's gotten the most points we've had the most sort of duds as far as people who could not stand up to the challenge have to face one of our own so we each uh, randomly lost at some point and had to do uh, one of those challenges ourselves um, so yeah I, de- I definitely had to do a few of them how are um, you with fear I mean, I think that uh, everybody has their own things that upset them. I'm pretty okay with stuff that, like, you know what's going to come. But... There were plenty of activities where if you've got a brass band behind you and you don't know that, and then suddenly cymbals go off behind your head, you're going to flinch. That is a human response to loud noise and danger. We have spent many millennia adapting these skills, and then this one show is like, "Hey, look at you, evolved human being. Look at you, fucker. Yeah, you know, like you're gonna like anytime you're in, it, you have your head trapped in a box, and then they release rats at your face. Oh
1: my god! I did
0: not have to do that, but someone else did. One that I had to do that, I was rather clever was there was this sort of uh, choo-choo train of bad smells oh, and so the flinch is just based on smell which is great to like uh, confront a different sense rather than sure. vision or even sound um so it was really clever just to be like here's some like you know uh stinking bishop cheese and here's oh. some rotting meat with maggots in it the rotting meat was the hardest one and then there was that there's that um not Swedish fish, Norwegian fish, whatever you know that fermented fish thing. Oh, God. Yeah, that. I just thing. can't handle it. Yeah, ah, uh, it would be alright, you know. So you were pretty good at the shop. I was, I was fairly good. They yeah. didn't, fi- I mean, you know, they were. Yeah, the symbols going crashing behind my head, there was no resistance to, but I didn't That's have...
1: That's just instinctive, surely. Yeah,
0: of course. I didn't have any of the ones with the animals. I think mm-hmm. other people got animal ones, and I think both uh, Lloyd and Sean were a little bit more trepidatious around certain animals than yeah. I was.
1: Yeah, get Rebecca to tune into the ones she no. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's getting tortured. Oh,
0: Okay. So. Yeah, right, just to be like, mm, just a little <laughs> warm spot in my Move heart. Move those
1: rats closer to his face. <laughs> I also
0: didn't have to do any of the ones with fire, which is fine in general. Oh my God, but this fire. Yes, but I because of my hair, which everyone can see in an image of me, I'm quite a flammable flammable <laughs> person. Like, I definitely at fancy dinners with candlelight, accidentally set parts of my hair on fire. So, like, that would have been honestly for that's me. I'm just lovely
1: smell. Yeah, right. Burnt
0: hair. I just, I mean, well, when it's in a beauty shop, there's something comforting about it. But like over an open flame, totally disgusting. Yeah, I think it's little things. Like, I just didn't want anything to mess up my hair. Yeah, honestly, that's that's the extent of my fear in this thing. If, as long as it it doesn't mess up me here. We can totally do this.
1: Amazing. Thank you so so Thanks much for joining me. Today Thank Desiree. you for my welcome bag. This is Not so sweet. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before we?
0: Um, oh, I will say that you should come and see my show in Edinburgh this summer if you are up that way. I will be on tour actually in the UK in the fall. The show is called Desiree's Coming Early. Um, come check it out. Uh, yeah, so I'll be on at the Hive at seven forty in Edinburgh, and I'll be probably in a town near you, uh, circa October November. I also have a Comedy Central special coming out in May. Um, uh, so, check that out if you have Comedy Central.
1: Amazing. And you've got a mailing list, haven't you? So maybe just yeah, sign up to that.
0: I'm at Des the Ray on Twitter and Instagram and that kind of thing. So you Follow can find all. me there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Thank you, everyone out there for joining me. Uh, please rate and subscribe if you have a minute. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone out there for listening with those lovely ears. Next week on the podcast, we have the very brilliant and hilarious Natasha Dimitriou in a special live recording at Waterstones. Please do join us for the fun.